This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. I've got CeeLo with me today. Jerry will be back tomorrow. Elton John played his uh, final performance ever. Is that right? Actually, they're calling it his... uh, It was his final tour he was on. It was like a three-year tour. It was his... Final time of touring. He's not going on tour again. All right. And he completed it uh, this weekend in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And he finished up with a goodbye yellow brick road. Now, he didn't say he's never going to perform again. Yeah, that's different than touring. Yeah, he's just not going to tour again. He's not going to go city to city to city. Could pop up somewhere. Might do a Vegas residency. Sure. Might uh, do a one-off here and there, but he's just not going on tour. show of some sort, maybe. Something like that. Mm. One fellow I've never uh, seen live, Elton John. Same. Yeah, I, 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 I would like to have seen him. Well, you'll have to maybe pop up at one of these one-offs. Or yeah. if it's a Vegas residency, there's a good excuse for you to head out to the desert. Perfect. Yeah. I'll say this. If he goes and does a Vegas residency, you're oh, in. Man. Just try to avoid the COVID this time. Exactly. Okay. He seems like one of those guys has way too many songs that I'd be like, I don't know what he's even singing. <laughs> yeah. I'd, like, I'd need to go if it was a greatest hits package. That's why. I'm not sure I would do well at one of those shows. Yeah. But I uh, certainly have plenty of respect for his career. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Now, CeeLo, you and New York Yankees have decided that the uh, reason why they are uh, eight games back in the vi- division is because of hitting coach Dylan Lawson. Yeah, I don't know if it's that simple, but okay, go ahead. He got the axe. <laughs> yes, he did. Now, I was reading this. I didn't. I did not know this. Isn't that weird. Wow. That it uh, the first time in Brian Cashman's twenty-six year GM career that he has axed a manager or coach. During the season. I got to be honest, I did not know that either. Yeah. That is pretty remarkable. I would have thought a lower level guy like a hitting coach would have yeah, been bounced coach, before. pitching coach, somewhere in, along in the way. 26 years? That is pretty wild. Oh, now, they've weird. had a couple guys that have had to take a leave of absence, like for an illness or something, yeah. and someone pinch hit filled in for them, but that's different. Yeah. What do you make of this, though? I mean, not a whole the, lot. But why Why even do this? Um, I think it's some, to try and change something. They always say you can't change the players. You can't change all the players. You can change the coaches, right? They can't fire all the players in the middle of the year. That'd be crazy. So now the key is this. If you told me they fired him and they're just you know going to promote from within, then to me, uh, who cares? It's the same message because it's an organizational philosophy that they want these guys bringing to the players. But they're going to bring, they say they're bringing somebody in from the outside. So that would lend me to, believe that maybe there'll be a little bit of a different approach, different strategy, different philosophy, fresh perspective. 
They have a couple of guys that were working under him. That's amazing to me, too. Remember, you should just be a hitting coach. Now there's a hitting coach, and not one, but two assistant hitting coaches. So there's three hitting coaches. Correct, yes. Now, again, I'm sure working collectively as a unit, and there's a lot of video to go through these days and analytics to sort through. So I guess they felt like they needed more than one guy. But he was the lead guy and had originated from their minor league system and kind of come up the ranks with some of their younger players. Um, but it, it obviously has not worked out. Now, when this guy sits with the likes of Donaldson and Stanton and LeMahieu, I mean, how much how much can he really be bringing to them? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. All I know is Anthony Volpe, and I get we're making probably too much out of it than we should, met up with his minor league buddy Austin Wells, whatever it is, a month ago or so now. They have a little chicken parm dinner at Volpe's house. They're looking back at old videos of him, and they notice a change that he made that's led to him hitting more consistently over the course of the last four to five weeks. So maybe it's not as complicated as we all make it out to be. Yeah, it is weird, and maybe it's my baseball ignorance, CeeLo, that I think that when you make it to the major leagues, you are uh, pretty much know what you're doing. You're your own as, hitting coach. Right. Yeah. So, But then I look, and through John Elway's career, he had Gary Kubiak, a backup quarterback, as his then became his quarterback's coach, and... That's always strange to me, too. I don't know. Like, other than doing what this Volpe and his uh, chicken parm friend of his. Yeah, Austin Wells. Austin Wells did. Maybe that uh, that is something that they do, and and it's just something that, uh, that the hitter gets into a groove of doing something bad that they don't know they're doing, and until they see it on video, they go, hey, what if you did this instead? I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I know that they're analyzing a lot of this stuff. So I'm not suggesting that these hitting coaches just sit around, you know, and spit sunflower seeds all day and collect a paycheck. They're doing something. But do you think like a guy Everyone's like doing something? Let's do nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's what they should, that's the approach they should take. Do you think a guy like Stanton, when the hitting coach goes, yeah, that's what I mean, Giancarlo, right? Hey, I got Dylan Lawson. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. the, the look on Stanton's face? Right. Like, is he really taking him seriously? That's Maybe. what I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Is he I taking him seriously? Question. If he is, it ain't working. It, oh, let me correct myself. It worked on Saturday. Up, it did work Saturday. Up until then, it really hadn't worked a whole lot. Do you think he, like, there's got to be certain players that the batting coach doesn't even want to approach. I would send that guy an email. <laughs> hey, Giancarlo. Here's what I've noticed. Still in Lawson here. Here's my report. Yes. Something here. I yeah. attached a PDF of where yeah. I think your swing is off. I'll see you in the dugout during the game. <laughs> You have any questions? I'm not going to approach you. You got any questions uh, you want to see me? Yeah. I have open door policy. Here's the only thing with this guy. And now this did not happen recently. This is almost two months or actually about two months ago. I don't know if you remember at the time he gave quotes to, I forget which beat writer it was. Maybe it was the athletic. Maybe it was one of the newspapers that's still in Lawson when the Yankees were struggling out of the gate, much as they still are offensively. And he said something along the lines of, I don't give a bleep what our offensive rankings are. And his broader point was as long as we're winning games. But it's like, you're not the manager. Like, you're the hitting coach. Like, your job is to get the offense to produce. So you may be winning games, but early on in the year it was because they were pitching the hell out of the baseball. And they starters in bullpen ERA yeah. was amongst the best in the in baseball. So I'm sorry. As the hitting coach, you don't get to use that as just like the, well, hey, no, no worries here. We're above 500. We're playing well. Doesn't matter that our offense sucks. Or that so and so is hitting, you know, a buck eighty. Right, because you're only responsible for yeah, that one little right. item. That would be like the offensive coordinator being like, "Up, oh, 
we're winning games because our defense kicks ass. So yeah. I don't really care. We're getting a lot of turnovers. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I remember recently hearing somebody who was an expert guitar player talk about still taking guitar lessons, which is weird. But I guess this is similar to trying to think, like, do major league hitters still need hitting coaches? And I guess they do. Nobody's perfect. You're always tinkering, trying to always learn, tinkering, trying to get right. better. Now, the guitar thing is a little different because there's no defense there. Like, in sports, there's an opposition who, you, while you're studying all your video, yeah. they're doing the same thing against you and for themselves. Like, so their job is to, okay, he made, like, same with Volpe. He made an adjustment. I'm sure teams are like, okay, I see what he's doing different. Now, how do we attack this new version of Anthony Volpe? And, like, that's a constant cat and mouse game, chess game. I mean, that's why pitchers face the same team in consecutive starts. The second time, they're going to have to come up with a different game plan and a different approach because if they just go out and be like, nope, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to feature the fastball. I'm going to use this breaking pitch. I'm going to throw this pitch in this sequence. Like, that's, these teams don't forget start to start. They don't even look at Domingo Herman yesterday. Couldn't wait to get him out of the game. They don't want these guys facing the same lineup a third time through on the same day. Yeah, it's very strange. And they have to face these teams sometimes four or five times a year if they're in your division. So you're constantly tinkering and coming up with differences. And the same, I think, goes for the hitters as they're facing these different pitchers. Let me ask you this in comparison to a hitting coach for the Yankees and big-time hitters on the Yankees. I always see it, too, like when I see golfers. Here's a game that doesn't play defense. Mm -hmm. like, Like Tiger Woods would listen to a caddy sometimes. That's weird. Yeah, uh, not so much <laughs> as it pertains to the mechanics of his swing. So what's he? What's the caddy telling? A lot him? of things: club selection, the but wind. Tiger Woods doesn't know what club selection. They do. It's more. A lot of times, it's a collaborative effort. Now, the caddy, their job is to you know essentially advance scout the golf course, not just that week, but every day. A lot of times, the caddies. So, like for example, if Tiger Woods was had a one o'clock tee time because he was towards the lead on a Saturday or Sunday. You know, his caddy's getting up, Joe LaCava, or at the time, um, Stevie Williams, is getting up early to go walk the golf course for that day. They're going to see where are the pins, you know, what are the greens looking like, you know, what do we expect from the wind, like what are the conditions, so that, you know, if Tiger's standing in the fairway on the seventh hole, he doesn't have the luxury of, right, time out, I'm going to walk all the way up to the green, which is 200 yards away, and get a look-see. Like, that's the caddy's job. And the player's not going to do that. Like, their job is to perform in that round. Like, yeah, they'll go get to the course. They'll go through their warm-up on the driving range. They'll go to the practice screen to hit some putts. But they're not out there scouting the golf course day in, day out. That's the caddy's job. So is this what the hitting coach should be doing for the Yankees? Be like, listen, this pitcher throws a lot. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure that they're involved in coming up with, you know, advanced scouting reports and giving them all those numbers and those breakdowns. And it's more prevalent and available than it ever has been before. The numbers, I mean, we laugh at some of the things that these, you know, Geo got Badingo that time with the, you know, flump. flump. Yeah. I mean, but that's the kind of stuff that we're that we're dealing with now. These guys go back to the dugout and they've got instant analysis available on tablets, you know. So, like, it's – and that's why I think they have three hitting coaches, a main and two assistants. There's a lot to go there's through. a lot to go through. There's a lot to cover. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Now, yesterday, early on, I think it was the first inning, was uh, David, David Ross. Ross. See you later. Got tossed. Yeah. Here's what I don't uh, like, and I think Major League Baseball needs to change this. David Ross got tossed while he was in the dugout. For arguing balls and strikes. Correct. Which you can't do. Which you can't do. Right. Guess what? You can't come out on the turf now to argue with me. Oh, I, you're thought gonna, I thought you were going to say you should be able to say something from the dugout. That happened to Aaron Boone recently. Right, his, like, his most recent ejection, he's like, we said one thing, and the guy threw me out of the game. Yeah. and then like, they'll i got to be able to say more than one thing. Yeah, then they go, uh, David Ross is going to get his money's worth. That's right. No, you're out of the game. The minute you step on the field, suspension by Major League Baseball. But then we miss out on these, you know, fun, demonstrative, over-the-top discussions that they have. I suppose. Did you, pick, did you catch the hot mic with David Ross yesterday? No, what did he say? He, I, I clipped it. I Something along the lines of, like, it's the last goddamn game before the break, and you're this bad already? Like, something <laughs> along those lines. It was better than that. So they caught He had him. himself quite a, a sequence, because we play, well, you guys were out last week. He, um, I forget if he got ejected in this game or not, but it was Cubs-Brewers in Milwaukee. The Cubs ended up winning the game, but the Brewers at their park there has the retractable roof. They closed it like in the eighth inning, and it was some question about the timing of it. Was it Were they doing it to benefit themselves? And he also had beef with the home plate umpire. So like his post-game press conference was like, it was a very short sequence, but it was just very matter-of-fact. He was expletive this, expletive that. Like he was... He was not happy. He was yeah. ticked at the umpire, and then they asked him. They tried to ask him, like, "Do you think the Brewers were doing that?" And he, in like three seconds, dropped like four expletives. So I, I mean, I would play it, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just beep, 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 yeah. beep. Can't even. It was tell. just so quick, matter of fact, not some long drawn out thing. Like he couldn't get the words out fast enough. So you like that the, we get to see that as part of the yeah, game? Yeah, I don't want them carrying on for you know too long. But yeah, let them come out, come out and uh, say their piece. I like when the umpires go back at them too, and they get up close. And I like that as well. Spitting in each other's face unintentionally, yes. of course. Yes. You know, the gums coming out and the seeds and the chewing tobacco or whatever they might be doing. Yeah, I love a good face-to-face yeah. battle. Yeah. Now, I also see that um, uh, the Tigers threw a combined no-hitter. Yeah. This will happen on Saturday. Who cares? Exactly. Honestly, I'm sorry. I liked that even uh, Howie Rose I saw on social media. He didn't care. He said, I know I should care, but I don't care. I see now. I'd have to go back and I don't remember if Howie cared. Didn't the Mets have a combined no no? Yeah. Recently in the last couple of years, I don't remember how he handled that. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, he doesn't seem to. Oh, they're they're nothing special. A combined perfect game would be cool. Yes, I'll give you that. And a and a straight perfect game, obviously. Oh. Even the straight no hitter is like okay. You had a good you had a good night. I missed the nice. Domingo Herman perfect game. Even that though was just out of nowhere. For us here on the East Coast, you know, late at night, they're in Oakland against a crappy team. Not now. I don't listen. No one else is throwing a perfect, it? No one else is throwing a perfect game or a no hitter against the A's this year. So I can kind of push that argument aside. But I don't know. It's just a randomness to it. When you consider the opponent, where and when it took place, the pitcher who's, I mean, threw well yesterday, but it's, you know, he's a, he's a back end of the rotation guy. He's not a dominant starting pitcher. So good for him. Hey, good for you. Hey, good for you. But it's just kind of like, all right, that was cool, you know, and yeah, we move will, on. <laughs> you yeah, had no Sterling, no K. Yeah, it was say, Ryan Rucco and Justin Shackle on the calls, which is great for them. There was not a lot of buzz no. around them. There was not. I think had it been done here in the Bronx, the Yankee Stadium, against a more reputable team, there might have been. But 
late night West Coast. Against the A's. Yeah. It was lacking some juice. And why did they pull him out uh, so early yesterday after giving up only one <laughs> hit in six <laughs> innings? All right. <laughs> I, this is all the rage right now. I heard McMonagall, by the way, Chris McMonagall debuted at new oh, overnight the overnight host. He's, he's ready. This is his new runway now. Okay, so not just a... Not parachuting in, and I'll see you in a few weeks. So that was uh, the gist of a lot of at least what I heard since I got in around 4 o'clock. Uh, this is the, the typical thing. People want to kill Aaron Boone. I can see it both ways in that in this particular instance, they take Herman out to bring in, I think it was what, Ian Hamilton? Here's the play right here, Al. He gets a pop-up and a double play ball to Gleyber Torres. Would have been inning over. Lead still in place, but Torres boots the ball, and the next thing you know, it's a tie game. So I get that. I also understand the fact of, okay, you know, this is not Garrett Cole. Here's a guy, yes, he threw a perfect game recently, but his you know, his numbers have been mediocre. And third time through the lineup, they got a guy coming up that just took him deep in his last at bat. He's mixed in a couple of walks. The bullpen's rested and fresh. Like, I get all that stuff. I do. My issue is, like, I think Aaron Boone, even before the game, was like, well, it's going to be a lot of bullpen today because they, they can't wait to get their relievers into these games. And, yes, the Yankee bullpen's excellent up until these last few days, and they still might, had the best bullpen ERA in the sport before they had a couple of rough games here, uh, including one last week against the Orioles. But it's like the, 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 the predetermination. You're basically saying, I don't care what happens in the game. I'm not. E- it doesn't matter. I'm not even really watching or paying attention. I know it's not that simple, but that's the vibe they give off. No, I must get this guy in here. I know we're going to the bullpen here. Like, that is what bothers me about baseball today. And mathematically, I get that it might not be the best approach. Like, I understand these guys want to be slaves to the numbers. And, hey, the stats check out. And Herman's numbers third time through the order suck. I get all that. But, like, we've taken the human element out of the game in so many ways that it's, like, not enjoyable for me anymore as a baseball fan or a viewer. I don't care if you tell me that mathematically that was the right move. Like, I want to watch the game and day in, day out, night in, night out, not know what's coming next. Let the players determine what's happening on the field instead of us being slave to the numbers and the computers and the analytics. Like, it just it just drives me nuts. It sucks the emotion and the human element out of the game. Al, I can't stand it. You want it to unfold naturally like okay maybe today's the day that you know herman he's 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 going great things are things are working and I, again i'm not talking specifically about yesterday's game because if torres fields the ball and they turn two we're not having this conversation most likely today but guess what we'd be having it next week or two weeks from now when inevitably the same thing happens again now i also saw i was reading the new york post uh article about the yankee game yesterday and they were asking him uh, after the game they asked aaron boone about uh glaber torres booting that ball yeah and he said oh, he's, he doesn't he doesn't really doesn't make a lot of errors inordinate amount yeah. of errors or something like that and then in the following line in yeah. the article it said he leads uh baseball second, yeah. <laughs> second right. baseman yeah. errors yep so incorrect. Poked the hole right in that one quickly. Incorrect. And that wasn't just in the post. That was all over social media. Oh, they had that everywhere. For people right. that actually still are on social media or Twitter or whatever. Yes, whatever it is. All right, quick break here, CeeLo. When we come back, I got a couple of there. I got an NBA note. Oh. I have, <clears throat> pardon me, I have a media note. Okay. I have another MLB note. All right. And that's going to get us. Any soccer? Hockey? No soccer. No, okay. no hockey. A big uh, CONCACAF match between the U.S. and Canada went to penalty kicks last night. Is that, that soccer? Yeah. I, I did not see that. All right. U.S. into the semis. Semis of what? The World Cup? Whatever this is. Is it Gold Cup? I only follow Eddie? the World Cup. 
Women's World Cup coming up, I Not think, later this month, all right? What is it? Were you asking, Eddie, if it was the Gold Cup? I forget what it's called. I don't know what it's called. I thought it's maybe the Sports Cup, Center though. at 1 a.m. would have covered that for you. They had the women's game, but not that one. Really? Interesting. And Rodman's kid had two goals. Actually, I did see that. How about that? Dennis Rodman's kid is on the women's uh, soccer team. You just Wales told me you and, didn't uh, care. Friendly. No, I am care. I care about her. Oh, okay. I care about anybody who played sp- anybody's uh, offspring who played sports in the 80s and Next 90s. Next generation. Yeah, that I'm, right. and that I'm interested in. Very good. All right, uh, then uh, Boomer and Gia will be here at 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah.